0: All right, good morning. Welcome here to Breakthrough City Church. Um, welcome to those that are here, and welcome to those that are listening. Um, happy birthday also there to Naomi there in Switzerland, and greetings there to the Sutter family, and greetings to, to Daniel, and Miri, and um, Claudia, and to all those folks there, and... Uh, Thank you for joining us this morning. And those people in Lesotho, we're also praying for you. I know you've got a big conference coming up. So we're looking forward to see what God's going to do there. So I'm going to try to share or complete a word. Uh, Our time is a little bit shorter. Um, So last week, what I've been sharing about is I started to share about promises of God. And we use references and we use numbers 13. We're going to go basically to Numbers 14, but just to, just to touch on a little bit last week, pretty much what we were saying is this, is that these promises that God gives us. He gives us personal promises. He gives us promises even as a local church, um, but I, what I've found is that many people have promises, but many Christians don't come into the promise. So there is, number 13 speaks about this promised land, about how God said, "This is I'm giving to you, and this is the promised land. And what happens is, we know that the spies get sent in, and when the spies come back, um, only two basically have a different report. The majority had a negative report, and what I said that... Many times, because of the bad news we have in the world, in your school, in your business, in the country, we actually agree with the wrong things, and therefore we don't actually see a fulfillment of the promise of God. And what I said is that between the present and the future, there's a battle. And so many times Christians actually, you know, uh, are feeling they actually get out Of the bus. bus. They literally, okay, I don't want to serve the Lord. I actually don't want to really just continue because, you know, it's just so tough, the battle. You know, I've gained through so much emotional things. I'm going through so many things. But God actually has an amazing promise for each one of us. Yet it is our choice whether we come into the promise that God has for our lives as a local church, as a nation. So it is whether we have a report that actually has hope in it. So whenever you have
1: bad news or uh, uh, some message that doesn't carry hope, I, I said this, I think, last week, I said that it's a sad thing that um, you see in the social media, there's a lot of people like prophets and whatever, uh, sometimes, you know, maybe some negative things that happen, but a lot of the pro- prophetic words don't some, seem to be carrying much hope. And that sometimes you know, you can by mistake, you lead to the second heaven instead of to you, what God is saying from strength. so that is so important, and that especially at times we're living. Um, there's so many people that are, are running for the bunkers or the caves or whatever, and I said before, Jesus is coming for a glorious church. So um, um, I spoke about there are, there are certain promises that are uh, conditional, but there's some promises that are absolute, and like I said to you, the absolute promise, Jesus is coming again. That's an absolute promise. But there are also promises then that are also conditioning. And this is the thing. There's words that God has given us, and they are conditioned. So we have a role. We co-labor with God in those promises. We come into agreement with Him. So this morning, um, I'm going to continue speaking about how there is a promised land for us. There are enemies we're going to face. We're going to face the giants. But between the present and the future, there is a battle and I'll just go a bit further into this. So, um, remember verse in, in, in uh, Numbers 13.33, we read that and um, we just touched on that. It says, Numbers 13.33, it says, There we saw the giants and the descendants of Anna came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our other sight, and so we were in their sight. And what I said is that Hopelessness, if you have and live with hopelessness, it changes the way you symptoms. It changes your view. And I said this the majority even in the body, in the church, the majority, many times are carrying a wrong theory because the hope is covered. So this is so important even considering the prophetic as well that we stay grounded in hope. Especially because when we do prophesy or give a prophetic word, we give it to the measure of our faith. And if our faith is hopeless, the word is getting near, bad word that he's sharing with people around the world in prison. Numbers 40 verse 1. Just check with me. Numbers 40 verse 1. It says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Alright, so here's yeah, this the whole thing where they hear this bad news from the majority of the spies. And the next minute they absolute, I mean yeah, they, we've been in that. You see um, what I do want to say just in general is that remember we, the, 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 this story we're giving about the Old Testament, Numbers thirteen and 14 is a foreshadow of things to come. So he's referring to uh, even a type of Today, that is one I'm using it. So, yeah, in, in, uh, what we see here as well is that um, things might have happened to you, but, uh, you know, many times weeping that we might be having or crying about certain things is, is, is maybe it's because, maybe it's not because you were violated. But sometimes, you know, we actually are weeping because you got caught. It's things that we were doing in we been Green. And we read it about that. all right. So sometimes in our comfort, listen to me, sometimes in our comfort, what we actually do is we prolong people's pain. Because what we actually do is we empower people to live in this stupidity. So sometimes when somebody's stays through things, instead of saying, you know what, hey, you know we love him, but this thing's need to change here. This we need to repent. This thing needs to be transformed here. Do you understand? And so it is so important that, that we actually, um, that we don't just keep people, you know, just, oh, sham shum, shum, Do you understand? There is a place of repentance, of changing. So this is what I said many times before. So we're to help people. The danger when, as Christians because I mean that's a heart when we work with people, help people, is that we continue helping them instead of letting them make a decision. So we keep them in their distress and their problem instead of saying, Oh, whoa, whoa, put your big pants on and get up out of your situation. Remember that famous scripture, one of my family members say God helps those to help themselves. Me you know what you draw near to God, He draws an into meeting. It's,
0: it's something that that when you turn to God, things happen. It's not just, I'm going to sit there and nothing happens. I need to hunger for something. I need to hunger for change. I need to hunger for something to change my life. Do you understand? There, there needs to be some desperateness in you. Do you understand? It's not like a, oh, okay, sirrah, sirrah. I said that, I spoke about this last week. You cannot think God's going to change something in your life unless you're willing for it to be changed. You can sit for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. Nothing's going to happen until the day you respond to the word Jesus when he came to the pool of Bethesda because the angel would stir the water. But when the word Jesus, the living word came, there was a response and when we respond to the word, there's grace. Do you hear what I'm saying? In our desperateness, when we respond, is grace. Not when we wait for things to happen. You've got to get this, what I'm saying. So our transformation as believers has to do with what we agree with. If I agree with pity, then I'm going to be pity. If I agree with hope, I'm going to have hope. Because whatever I agree with, I empower. Whatever I agree with becomes either an idol or becomes the living God. So, yeah, we have in numbers fourteen it's, it speaks about how they all wept, and um, the reason why they were actually really uh, so they wept is because I really believe you know everything they leave Egypt, they leave the comforts, they go into the promised land, the so called promised land, they believe a wrong report, and suddenly they actually shipwrecked in their hearts because their hopes for the promised land is dashed. And sometimes as Christians, we ship in our hearts because something happened and we can't believe God can change it. We lost our hope. So the thing is, what happened here is that they were actually more impressed with the giants than with the promise. As believers, are you more impressed with your difficulty, your situation you're facing now, or are you more impressed with the promise? So, the thing is this, and guys, you know, the the, the times we are living in, in the world we're living in, we're bombarded by so many negative things. The thing is, it's so easy for us to actually become impressed with the size of the giants that we're facing in our lives. It's, it's, you know, we can, it's so easy to become impressed. And the thing is, the more impressed I'm with how big the problem is, the, the more I'm actually prone to live in reaction to the devil in, instead of having a response to the Father. So a lot of us as Christians, we live in response. Okay, I need to do this. I need to get ready for that. I need to... I need to get this. We live in reaction to what's happening. Instead of, you know, if the father says, okay, I need you to go there now. I need you to put aside this. I need you to put finances into that. I need you to... Have you seen when there's economic issues, or in the world, or in the nation, people hold their hands closed? Because it's a response to circumstance. Yet the kingdom of God doesn't work like that. It's opposite. When you are in, in those things of, of distress, whether it be finances, say, that is the time you sow. God said to Isaac, when it was drought, he says, sow. Now is the season to sow. And it was a drought. You don't do that. A normal, logical, you know, we all have these gray cells. You don't sow when It's drought. The things of the kingdom don't make sense. Honestly, they don't. That's why we need to become like children. So, um, we need to respond to the Father. That's important. Verse 2, Numbers 14, verse 2. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. Okay? So, what I've said this before, if... If it if God inhabits our praises, who inhabits our complaining? If we're complaining, who's inhabiting our complaining? It is not God. So the point is what? Words are actually or create houses. Words are like houses. Meaning what? Strongholds are created through speech and through behavior. So words are like houses. We, we build things up because we have life and death in the power of our tongue. So the words we start agreeing with and speaking becomes that what we live in. So, when we are impressed by the fear or the problem, guess what happens? My speech changes. Ah, oh, But, you know, did you hear that? The, economy, the economist said this, or did you hear this, or relational, they said that thing about me. Ah, now I'm offended. Or, do you understand? So, my speech changes, but what also changes is my behavior. My response now to people in relationships, my response to loved ones, my response to people in the work environment, my response to leaders in the country becomes out of what? What I've actually believed. It becomes a stronghold. And the enemy hides behind strongholds, okay? So in Proverbs twenty one twenty two says the following. It says stronghold, strongholds... It speaks about strongholds in which they trust. Strongholds in which they trust. Meaning that God can be my stronghold in which I trust. It goes about what? A stronghold is in what you put your trust. That which you put your trust in. And this tells me basically... You know what? You can actually tell someone's stronghold. Listen to me carefully. You can tell what people, what stronghold they have. Because have a look where they put their trust in instead of God. So the word also says, the Lord is a stronghold in which people trust. The Lord is a stronghold in which people trust. All right? Verse five and to seven, uh, Numbers fourteen, verse five to seven. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the of the children of Israel. They uh, saying. The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. That's a bit of a total difference what was being said here. Did you hear that? So, basically what they were saying, instead of being impressed with the problem we have in our lives now, let us be impressed with the promise of God. So many of us are so impressed by how bad it is. Instead of God, I'm going to be so impressed with what you promise over my life. What you promise over this nation. What you promise over the city. What you promise over this church. I'm going to be more impressed with that. So if, if you've been raised in, uh, in a religious culture, and this is what I've seen the last year and a half specifically, because of a lot of shaking that's taking place across the nations. But if you're raised in a, a religious culture, um, this will be, be the words. Um, basically uh, the, 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 these will be the words like um there's 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 this, it's, it's almost like this is the last days this is the confirmation it's happening tribulation and god says when you go through the fire i'll be with you when you go through the water i'll be with you now we look at it. And so the, the eschatology or end time teaching is so doom and gloom. Honestly, I mean, I shared last year, I spent a lot of time on this to get this accurate in the church because so many people are, are, are still believing, and it's very well known people who say these things. This is the last, it's been the last days 2,000 years ago. It's not yet the last day. Don't be confused between the two. So. We need to to really, you know, the the religious people like this one. This is the last days. And it's like, ooh, it's happening. Did you hear that war that's happening there? Did you hear the the war in Israel? Did you hear? It's been happening 2,000 years. It just depends what channel you're watching. All right. So when we have a weird, listen to me, when we have a weird comfort knowing Jesus can come any time. This is what it's like. This anytime. It's this weird thing. Jesus can come now. But it's more fear-based thing. There's no hope bla- based in it. You know, there's, and, and the thing is, the Bible says that the return of Jesus, it speaks of the blessed hope. Not hopelessness. The blessed hope. All right? So uh, this is his returning. Because he's returning for a bride. He's not returning for a broken bride. He's returning for a glorious church. Do you hear what I'm saying? I, I don't know. It sounds a bit different to what I hear. He's looking for... it's coming for a, a, a glorious church. Not some people that are eating baked beans still from 1994 or something like that. I know some people are. Some of you in South Africa know what I'm referring to. So verse 7 and 9. It says, and they spoke. All right. They spoke to all the congregation. And uh, we see this whole turnaround. And, and so... Basically, what he says, and listen to this here. um, Verse 7, and they spoke to all the congregation and the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. Then verse 8, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Remember last year's word. Verse 9, only, listen to me, only do not... Rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Alright? So, to not embrace the promise is rebellion. That's what he just said here. Verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord. So when we do not embrace what God has promised over our lives, over this church, over the nation, we're in rebellion. Embracing a promise is not about you. It is about him. Embracing a promise it's not about what I get it's about him, so stepping into what God has designed us for, who gets glorified He gets glorified. so when we step into the promise, he gets glorified it's not about you and me. There is a fear this this is also you know interesting there's a fear of God that comes. Listen to me. This is a scripture. There is a fear of God that comes from the blessing of the Lord. There is a fear of God that comes from the blessing of the Lord. That the blessing of God is so in your life that you actually fear God. Well, what does it mean? In... uh, I'm just checking. I think it's Isaiah 3, 5. I can't see what I wrote here. (laughs) Something. Anyway, it's a scripture. So, it says, here's another scripture that says, Israel will fear the the Lord because of his goodness. Wow. Israel will fear the Lord because of his goodness. That it is, God is so good that that we we fear him because of his goodness. It's overwhelming us. Alright. So, there are two types of fear that the Bible speaks of. Two types of fear. The first one is one type is uh, uh, one type drives people away. That fear of the Lord in the Bible. Okay. The second type is uh, second type of fear is that it is one type. This type endures people to God. The second type of fear it endures you to God. It causes you to turn to God. It's a positive thing. Okay? So, the one is, it drives people away. And the other one, it endures people to God. So, the fear of God is not just this gentle respect. Alright? The fear of God actually endures us to Him. It actually causes us to come to Him in that. So, in verse 8 and 9, Numbers Fourteen, Verse 8 and 9. It says this. I repeat here. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are, they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Alright. So. Remember last year we shared a lot with the Lord, what the Lord prophetically gave last year. But he has a reference. You know the story about Samson. And remember uh, Samson was attacked by a lion and he kills the lion. And what he does is he, he, a couple of days later he's actually walking past the carcass of that same lion. And when he actually looks he actually sees bees in that. And he sees there's a beehive in the carcass and there's honey in there remember all right so what does he do he goes and he takes he takes some of the honey he eats it and what what else does he do he takes of that honey and he takes it to his family all right you remember that story so samson listen to me samson and his family were nourished by the honey all right your food Is in the battle. Not before the battle. Your food. Is in the battle. Not before your battle. So many Christians. Opt out because of the challenge. Opt out because of the battle. Opt out of. Going into a promise. Because they face things. And yet. Because of the battle, there was food in there. People run away from battles. God says, I'm with you in this, boy. Go. I'm with you in this. Go. Because your promise is in front of you. You see, many people want to get prepared for the conflict. But God actually says... Your preparation is in the conflict. That's why many Christians don't come into the promises of God. Your strength, you will find it will be in the carcass of the first enemy that you defeated. Many times you just go lie down. The battle's too much. God says, listen, the provision is in the battle. Psalm 23. Another reference, I'll just confirm what I just said. Psalm 23 speaks about that he sets up a banqueting table in the midst of my enemies. So, what does God do? God goes and he puts us into the conflict, being hungry. He puts us into situations, the battles we face, being hungry. Do you know that satisfied people don't get much done? Satisfied people don't get much done in life. Even in the natural, if you have a big meal now, you're not going to go and do any physical thing. Satisfied people don't get much done. That is why we said one of the values, even in this house, is to stay hungry. Make sure what you're feeding yourself with. If it's not heavenly food, heavenly food makes you more hungry. Satisfied people enjoy Egypt. It was more comfortable, you know, before I started serving the Lord. Oh, But you know, it was more comfortable before I attempted to do this. It was more comfortable before I, I attempted this promise, what God said. Because, you know, we always question God when we're in the battle. Oh, but God, did you say? Because I don't know what, the, what is going on here. Everything's coming off the rails. What? That's why many times I tell people before they go into things, say, what has God said before you do this? You said this, that hunger is a gift. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall be satisfied. So, what God does is he lets you see what you don't have. Not to frustrate you, but to actually bring significance out of your soul. When you look back, you say, "Oh God, I've been through this, but you brought something out of my soul. There's something significant you've done in my life." You know that the news of the giants kept plus minus two million people out of the inheritance. Bad news. keeps us out of our promises, alright? So, to see the situation, the way that the Lord sees it, the giants, he says here, is your bread. He just said, I read it to you now in Numbers 14. He says, these giants are your bread. So, if we start to see what we're going through is battles of, you know, I, I, I feel like a bus hit me. I feel like a, but you know, this is my food. Come on. Woohoo! I seem crazy to people. But in this battle is my bread. These giants are my bread. Bring it on. I'm telling you now never follow the majority. Media in the world, never follow the majority because the majority is normally wrong. That's the spirit of democracy. Oh, that must be right. Everyone agrees in this. Rubbish. So, the giants... The giants were there. And where the giants were is where the Israel would have been fed. Because the giants were their food. The the giants in your life is actually your food. Your greatest challenge now is your food. It is what will strengthen you. God doesn't send you and me into a battle to be defeated. The angel armies are with us. They're backing us. What is your report when you see that? Oh my goodness, or is it God? I'm I'm taking hold of you and I believe in what you say. So, here we have been commanded to enter a realm and to live in a realm as Christians of impossibilities. That is the normal Christian life. And I mean, we're all sitting with those challenges when I say this. I mean, I'll put up my hand first. We have to spend... Millions on the new premises, and and, and we we have got two fish and five loaves. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you crazy? Yep. <laughs> but God provides what He leads you into. He He makes a way. He says, "This is John, this is your food." He's called the church to live in a place of impossibility because that's the way the supernatural, that's the way the supernatural God is revealed. That is how the Father is revealed because our strength is His strength. Do you know that God doesn't always call us by what we're good at? I can tell you people even in this room. Some of you are skilled in certain things. And God uses that. doesn't mean to say God doesn't use your skills and your gifting. For sure he does. But there's many things I can tell you we are doing. What I think. you Off your head. But God uses that weakness. To show himself. So. um, God does not always call us by what we are good at. But you know what. God assigns us to things. To discover. His strength not ours. And so these things that we discover, like a strength, like, how am I going to do this? I don't know. What do I know about building? What, 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 do you knew about, what do you know about that business? Well, I've got this and that. I say, well, wonderful. That's great. Use it. But there's, 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 there's some other wisdom God wants to give us, better than what we know, or we think we know. So, God wants us actually to discover his strength in in what we face okay so God can use he can use our giftings but we need to come into a place on of dependency in him that's the thing so you can be brilliant in economics or accounting or business but he wants us to actually find strength and a wisdom in him even when we're doing that okay so yeah we have Israel Um, Israel chose to die in the wilderness. They actually chose that, eh? rather than to actually enter the promised land and take risk. So these risks we take, we take risks because remember, faith is spelt R-I-S-K, So we take risk. Do you know that the majority did not see it the way that actually two spies sought? You, I'm telling you, will get enough people to cr- be critical to disagree with what you're busy doing or something. I-, I guarantee you that. Because the majority will always give you the wrong report, the negative. No ways. Forget it. This doesn't work. No? Depends what you tuned into is what you're going to call to yourself as well sometimes. If you agree with bad news, you're going to have bad speaking people around you. If you agree with good news, you're going to have those that build you up and create hope. Make sure you surround yourself with. Are they the 10, the 2, who are they? You know that um, these spies and the rest of the congregation, of the Israelites, they did not see it the way two saw it. And that is because faith gives you the ability to see. Faith gives you the ability to see. Faith gives you the ability to see. You see beyond the giant. You see beyond the failure. You see beyond the fear. Faith gives you the ability to see. The two saw the giants. The two spies saw the giants as their dinner. They saw them as their bread. That's what it says here. They saw the giants as their food. They bread. Do you know that the way we actually see things in our battle, um, it actually gives us access to this banqueting table in the presence of our enemies. By the way we see things. That we're actually, it sounds, you know, Psalm 23, the most quoted uh, uh, scripture in the world. Every movie, have you seen it? Psalm 23. Even the world is quoting something. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, and he prepares a banqueting table amongst my enemies. It sounds crazy. But that's what God says. I'm yeah in this thing with you. And in this place we're going to feast when you're in a battle. Because I'm with you. The problem is, are you more aware of the problem than you are aware of his presence? And this is key. If you're not, as a Christian, being taught, continue become aware. Learn how to become aware of the presence of the Lord. Become aware of the presence of the Lord. Because in his presence there's joy. In the presence there's peace. Which surpasses understanding. When we're in those battles, do you know what, and we nourish on the Lord, um, we start to come into the divine purpose of God in our lives. We start to see, uh, actually, I'm in the right place. I'm actually doing the right thing. We actually get God's perspective on our situation. All right? Um, You know what? You will never, ever be persuaded into great faith by masses of people. Do you know what I'm saying? So whether it's all the media, all the news outlets, you will never be persuaded into faith by the masses of people. Never. Because they don't have good news. But God says, this battle, these giants, this is what you're facing. This is your bread. This is your food. Do you know that withdrawing from a challenge means... You will have to face other circumstances that you don't have grace for. Did you hear what I said there? When you withdraw from the battle you are in and that you're busy facing. When you withdraw from the battle. When you go into that same thing again. You will not have the same grace again to take you through. Why do I say that? The example is, you know the story of King David. King David. King David, he was on the rooftop and he was looking at Bathsheba, which he shouldn't have been doing. But it says there, when he was on the rooftop, it says, when the kings go out to war. He was sitting in his palace when the kings go out to war, he was supposed to be taking ground. He was supposed to be in great, uh, taking ground. That was his call in his life. That was the assignment. But he was resting. You know, he had a bit of a rest. And that is where he fell out of the grace that he had to stand in. He was supposed to be in the battle where the grace was. When you're not in, in the battle where you have grace and you step out of it, you lose the grace that you need. So when you're not in the war you were designed for, you will enter situations that you do not have grace for. For some reason, only God knows because my head doesn't always figure it out. Every decision in my life that I've taken since I got saved, I've always chose to take the hardest decision no matter what it is I've done in life. I say again, every decision since I got saved that I've taken, whatever it is, was always the hardest decision of choices. And I said, not many people want to go with you in that direction because it's tough. But in the battle there's grace. Why? Because... The strength is in the fight. It is not waiting on the rooftop in the palace like King David did. He was supposed to be in the season when the kings went to war. And that's why he lost the grace to access what God was doing. And he paid a price for it. And God restored him. But he paid a price. So, the strength is in the fight. And we we sometimes avoid things in front of us, isn't that so? We avoid avoid the battles in front of us, thinking that you know if we avoid the battles in front of us, it's going to protect us. But your my protection is in the fight. The giants are our food. There's so many distractions we have. And whatever you're facing in your life right now at this moment, whether it is a business, whether it is what you believe about your future, whether it is about finance, whether it is about relationships, whatever, you face the giants because in that there's grace for you, in that there is food for you, there's strength for you. Let's have a report like Joshua and Caleb had. That even as, as, as being part of the body of Christ in the church, that we can actually extend the kingdom of God despite what we experience in the natural. You know, ah, you just give up. Well, we lost our premises and previous buildings, as you know, two years ago, whatever. Well, let's just give up. Let's throw in the towel. Well, you know, uh, that person was, did this to me and that whatever, just throw in the towel. Well, you know, business person, they crooked me. They did wrong, you know. Let's throw in the towel. No. In the battle is my food. It's my provision, my strength. Keep your eyes set on the Lord. Keep your eyes set on the promise. Because we will always live in a battle, the side of eternity. But it's not to discourage us, not to cause us. God never... Destined us to fail. Because he said, "Go for it, my boy. Go for it, my son. Go for it, my daughter. I'm with you." That's what he said to Moses. He just said, "I am. Say, I am. <laughs> and I am. I'm with you. You know what else do you need? I'm with you. I am Him." <laughs> but the revelation had to break open that God is with you. All right, good, wonderful. I want to just pray for you, all of you. I just want to stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, Father, that uh, that I can just pray for those, yeah, this morning, those that are watching online or watching later. I want to pray for every person facing a battle now and whatever it is, that we'll know the the battle that in the battle there's a promise and there's a promise lord whatever you said we must do if you said we need to do this this is the promise going to that land going to the promised land then the grace is your grace is there for us and father thank you that the giants we face now is not to destroy us but to actually feed us that lord will be nourished will be nourished in the midst of our enemies That we'll be strengthened in the midst of our enemies, Lord, and that we'll not become discouraged because we we don't see things uh, uh, happen in the way and in the time we want to see it. But Father, I want to pray that uh, between the present and the fulfillment of the promise, we know there's a fight. And we know that that your grace is there with us that Lord we want to have positive attitudes that whatever we face in that we will not agree with the majority but we will put our head like a flint like a diamond our head and we will have a tenacity just to pursue you Lord and to say Lord I- I'm going through with this you've promised this to our nation you promised this to our family you've promised this to our loved ones you've promised this in our business you promised this in whatever area it is Lord and I thank you that we stand on your promises Lord no matter what we're going through give us the race, to pursue you, and to finish the race strong. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.